And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. And here he is, the big fella himself, Luke Smith from Envision Financial Services, joining me in the studio. Did you miss me last week? I did, I did. Oh, hang on, I've pushed the wrong button. There you go. Have, I, have a crack at that one. I did, I did. <laughs> Good to have you back. But yeah, well, you know, we always have a bit of fun on a Friday afternoon, That's don't it. we? Indeed we do. Uh, we're here today to talk about self-managed superannuation mm. funds and whether or not they might be the right choice. And I've got to say, that they have become quite popular, haven't they? Yeah, look, this is... Uh if if these things were opened by conversations around a water cooler, there'd be they'd be a dime a dozen. Um, and really, it's I'm I'm finding people are doing a lot more reading and researching and sort of their own investigation because I had some really really good questions this week from some people, and I've had some really really bad questions, and they all sort of predicate around is it something I can do? And I find a lot of people don't really understand them or the context in which they can be used, or the situation in which they could be used, rather. Uh, so today I want to touch on the good, the bad, the why, the when, and the how, um, because they are a wonderful, wonderful vehicle used in the right situations for the right reasons. Okay, you say the good, the bad, you may immediately make me think of that movie, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. <laughs> Is there any ugly news? Um, look, I guess if you wanted to, to, to have some ugly points... As a member of the fund, people are generally the trustee of the fund, so you are legally responsible for its ongoings. Okay, now, if you deem being legally responsible for decisions made on your own assets ugly, then yes, there <laughs> well, it are... just means more work, right? Well, there's more ob- obligation and risk. You also don't have the capacity as a member of an SMSF to go to AFCA, which are the regulatory body that you can go and have a cry to if something bad happens. Okay. So if... Husband and wife are in the fund and the wife runs off with all the money. Um, you've got to chase it down. You don't have a third party to go to to say, hang on a second, this has happened like you do with retail funds or industry funds. Well, now that we've got that out of the way, what's the good? What are the key benefits yeah. of so, a self-managed su- uh, superannuation fund? Yeah, and I and I talk, I, you know, I use a lot of analogies in the office to get people to sort of picture things, which I find works more often than not. And a self-managed super fund is, is there for the primary purpose of having a greater degree of control over the underlying assets of your fund, as well as significant administrative and strategic benefits. When you start to get to that 60 plus age where you start to incorporate an accumulation account, a pension account, potentially a recontribution strategy, more than one member in the fund, it reduces the need to run multiple funds if you have a transition to retirement strategy in place. So there are a number, there are a significant number of administrative and strategic benefits that a self-managed super fund provides that can eradicate the need to run potentially four or five funds across you know, husband and wife as a family unit as part of your retirement planning. There are also a number of tax benefits in relation to the timing of when tax is paid, you still have to pay the tax, but if you can delay giving it to the ATO, then you've got more money working for you longer. One benefit that a lot of people are aware of before anything else is that you can hold a physical building and physical property, be it commercial, be it residential. You can hold a physical asset inside the super fund. So long as it's an investment property, not one you live in. Spot on, exactly right. Yeah, it must be 
it must meet the sole purpose rules or sole purpose test that says, hey, this is for the generation of income or capital mm-hmm. growth for my retirement. So what about uh, a commercial premises that you run your business out of? It's your building, but you're Correct. putting it in your SMSF. So that's, is that legal? That's okay because there is a specific carve-out in the legislation mm-hmm. for commercial buildings. <clears throat> so I could run an electrical business and I have a warehouse where I have all my trucks and my equipment and my cables and all the other stuff. And I can own that through my self-managed super fund, and my business can charge, can be charged rent by yeah, the super by fund, the fund yeah. and that's completely fine. You can, again, under an exemption, the super fund can acquire commercial property off yourself. You cannot do that with residential in the same way because there are in-house asset rules and related party rules that stop you from buying. Um, say I had an investment property. They said, well, I'm going to put in my self-managed super fund. I'll have the super fund buy it off me. Nope. In a similar vein to collectibles. Let's say people go down the road of a self-managed super fund because they have an amazing art collection. They have vintage cars. They have pink diamonds. Mm -hmm. Now, under the collectibles rules, can you hold them in the fund? Yes, you can. But there are then very strict guidelines around how they're stored, how they're used, how they're insured, just like owning a place down the coast in your super fund and your kids go down there for Christmas. Let's hope the neighbour doesn't dob you into the ATO. Mm-hmm. So there are rules and regulations that you must adhere to, but the investment menu and the investment universe in an SMSF is far, far broader than a retail super fund or an industry fund that has an approved product list that you can select from. So if you want control and flexibility, great. Another big misconception is that self-managed super funds are expensive. And like anything, you need to put that in context. If you have a balance between partner and partner in a family unit or four business owners, for example, um, a self-managed super fund becomes extremely cost-effective from 1.2 to 1.5 million and up. Mm -hmm. And if you've got some big numbers in there, it's probably the cheapest super fund in the country. But the, but the big misconception I find is, oh, well, we were talking about it at work and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. Compared to what? It's a bit like saying, I'm fat. <laughs> Compared to who? Well, that's right. That's why I hang out with you. It makes me look good. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but that's what I want people to think about. Don't leap to the assumption that something is what it isn't. Um, I think if they took the word managed out of the name, a lot more people would be far less frightened because yeah. they come in and they go self-managed super fund. I don't want to do it. That's I want. Well, you that's to the that interesting stuff. thing, isn't it? Because although it's called a self-managed super fund, you can actually pay somebody else to yeah. do the actual managing. One hundred percent, and that's what I say to people. I say, "What do you do with your fund now? Nothing. Can you sign a tax return here?" They go, "Yep." I go, "If you want that to be your length of engagement, then that's fine." So somebody like me can facilitate that in conjunction with an accountant because. The super fund must do a tax return. The yep. super fund must have an audit. So, again, that's where that price point comes in. The nice thing about a self-managed super fund is they are generally now, in today's sort of environment, fixed price. So they say, right, how many assets are in the fund? They under- the, the accountant understands how much work is going to get done, yep. and the price is this. And let's let's say it was – well, let's, let's talk price. Um, audit and tax return at the moment – Anywhere from two, four to three thousand, depending on your provider. If you're paying more than three thousand bucks to have the super fund tax and audit done, 
you want to have a very, 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 very sophisticated situation or a million assets in there to warrant paying any more than that. Yeah. Because that is the industry standard at the moment. Now, you'll have outliers at either end. Cheaper doesn't necessarily mean better. And your situation won't be exactly the same as anyone else's. So you need to keep that in mind. Mm. But anything over about 3000 bucks, I think someone's having a lend. Okay. And that $3,000-odd or maybe a little less than that, that is paid by your super fund? That's right. And it's a deductible expense to the fund yeah. where you have an accumulation account and it's paid when the work is completed. Now, if you're a member of a personal superannuation fund or an industry fund and you've got investment costs and charges at 0.6 or 0.7 of a percent, you're paying seven grand on a million dollars. Right. Now, if you have three, say, two and a half to 3,000 of accounting fees and $3,000 of investment fees, there's six. Mm -hmm. So a self-managed super fund in that example is actually cheaper than an industry fund. There you and go. this is where you just want to try and dispel that assumption that these things are great, but, oh, I can't afford one of those. They're expensive. No, not really. If we're going to continue the theme of, of, of fees and charges, you pay to set one up. Yeah. You do not pay to set up a retail super fund or an industry fund. Now, that's a one-off cost. Yeah. And depending on how you set that up, it could be $500, could be $1,500. But that's a one-off fee, again, paid by the super fund and generally a deductible expense to the fund. So don't let short-term cost outweigh the strategic benefits that you could take advantage of because they are plenty and the tax savings through some strategies alone would cover the running costs of the fund 5, 10, 15 times over. Okay, so uh, are there other key differences between a self-managed superannuation fund and a normal everyday retail fund or industry fund that you might be familiar with? Yeah, so we touched on investment menu, mm -hmm. far superior to a retail fund and an industry fund, the physical property scenario and collectibles. So in that collectibles bucket, you might have wine, uh, you might have cars, antique vehicles, paintings, sculptures so all of that sort of stuff i've got one guy that's got jordans in his fund like good on him i'm, I'm pro jordan okay. all for it but they're stored climate controlled room yep. insured so you've got to adhere to the rules um you can't have them hanging in your lounge room for the you benefit certainly of certainly can't play basketball in them exactly right <laughs> yeah you're not you're not rocking down on the weekend in 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 the latest fours mm. um so it's a bit like if you had a collectible car, you're not going to be driving it every Spot weekend on. either. Yeah, and like artwork, you can't have a super fund artwork hanging in your lounge room. Why not? Because you're getting benefit from a retirement asset if you haven't... So it's got to be in storage somewhere. Correct. Goodness me. So whilst these things sound sexy and great, when you actually delve into the rules and regs, people go, oh, hang on, um, that's not as glorious as I thought it was. No. So again, you must adhere to a range of rules. Mm. It's not just carte blanche, do whatever yeah. you want. Generally speaking, would you advise people to be investing in things like collectibles, whether it's sports shoes or sports cars? These are more risky style investments, aren't they? Well, look, I think that's where this type of vehicle, this type of fund is tailored to those people that understand those risks. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not against investing in anything if you understand it. And it adheres to the the concept that I use is why have you got it and what's it doing for you? And if you can't answer those two things, you're either trying to lie to me and make it up or you go, oh, oh just because I've always had it. That, that's yeah. not an answer. Um, so as long as, as long as it's 
I'm holding this for growth. I'm holding this for income. I think this thing's going to go through the roof. Mm-hmm. As long as there's a, a, a why that aligns with your broader objective, I'm cool with that. Yeah. More traditionally, of course, uh, funds will tend to hold investments that we all understand, like shares. Yeah. But for most of us, picking and choosing our own shares, we're not necessarily the best qualified people to do that, are we? No, not necessarily. But again, a self-managed super fund, and this is where we, the other week we spoke about this, a self-managed super fund and a personal super fund, if you, if you just want to invest in the realm of normal, then either would be just as good as each other because they both have a very, very good menu. And SMSF is, is, is topping and tailing some of those flexibilities in those examples that I've given. But if you just want to buy stock in the ASX 200, that's where I say you might not need one, mm-hmm. an SMSF, I mean, because you can buy anything in the ASX 300 and probably another 500 ETFs in a personal super fund where you're not the legal owner. You're not required to undertake obligations and, and, and meet trustee duties. You're not on the hook legally for the operation of the fund, which appeals to some people. Yeah. So I'm not saying these funds are the be-all and end-all. I just want people to be aware that they have their place Yes. in the same vein that I say I don't drive a Mini at six foot four, six foot five. Not great for me, mm-hmm. but I'd buy them for my girls. Yeah. Great little car. And that's what I want people to understand about an SMSF. It's not this or that. It's does it suit me mm-hmm. in the same vein that tradies drive utes for a reason. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned the personal superannuation fund there. I know we've discussed that on another program, but just mm. as a, a brief refresher, that's kind of somewhere between a, an industry fund yes. and a self-managed fund where Correct. it's operated by an institution, Correct. but it's kind of tailored to your particular wants and needs. That's right. So you're exactly right. You have a large institutional body acting as the trustee, whereas you would do that in a self-managed super yeah. fund. The investment menu is provided by the trustee of the fund. It's called an approved product list. And you can pick anything you want on that approved product list. And most good retail funds will have the ASX 300, which is the largest 300 listed companies in Australia, as well as probably another couple of hundred ETFs and managed funds that you can choose from, from a range of different risk profiles. And that's exactly what I mean by, if you just wanna buy vanilla stuff, great. Yeah. If you want to have that control and, and, and take advantage, especially post-60, a self-managed super fund strategically has huge benefit that could be three shows in themselves. Now, that might not be relevant for everyone, and mm. that's what I want people to take from it. Make sure you're using it for the right reason, not just because all the lads at the takeaway have one. Um, if it fits, great. If it doesn't, then consider an alternative. But I find most people leap from industry fund Mm-hmm. to self-managed super fund yeah. and leapfrog the personal fund in the middle, which could be a viable solution. I just believe that, that this vehicle provides the ultimate amount of control and flexibility in retirement for a, a, a raft of reasons which are suitable for most people with larger balances. Because as I said before, if the, if the cost is generally fixed, the lower the capital in the fund, the more expensive it is on a percentage basis. So for bigger balances becomes very, very, very cheap. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're looking at self-managed superannuation funds and are they right for you? Ten minutes to five, back with more in just a moment. Seven minutes to five, it's a Friday afternoon and that means that Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about self-managed superannuation funds. So, Luke, what's super about self-managed super? Oh, look at you going on a Friday. Did you like that? Oh, I'm shocked. Uh, right. So if I had a list, I would say 
far superior administration and strategic flexibility. And what I mean by that is you can limit the number of funds you need to use because remember, using one fund may not be the best option for you. And that could be in relation to the investments you hold. That could be in relation to the tax profile of your fund. That could be in relation to the tax implications for your kids. So again, don't assume that having one fund is the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. But in a self-managed super fund, you and I could be in there and then we could have three accounts each. And these are the sort of strategic benefits that people really can sort of leverage and take advantage of when they get post 60 and decide, do I work? Do I work part-time? Do I transition? Do I have an account-based pension? Do I have a raft of different assets in there? What am I gonna do in relation to a recontribution strategy? There's lots to think about strategically. You can have a much wider range of investments to choose from. As we said earlier, personal super fund has a great menu, but if you wanna go a little bit outside the box in that collectible space or in the physical building space, that's fine too. Um, you can't do that from a physical asset standpoint in any other fund. So you need to be looking at this and saying, is it right for me? Not give me one because everyone else has one. Because you may be paying more than you need to or taking on obligations legally that you may not be comfortable with. So be aware of that. Um, there are tax benefits in relation to when and how tax is paid. So I'll give you an example. You can make a deductible contribution to a self-managed super fund in June and you remit the tax the following May but you've had that money working for you over that time frame. You make a contribution to a personal super fund or an industry fund, and the industry fund will take that tax component out and leave the balance to be invested mm -hmm. in your account. Now, we're talking six, seven, eight months. So yeah. if you've got large contributions and large tax obligations and you've had that money working for you for months and months and months more, that's got to have value. It does. Um, so again, this is the internal intricacies of what this structure can do for people that may, most people aren't aware of. They just look at, can I buy a building and how much does it cost? And these are far more flexible in the right situations than other funds. The nice thing about an SMSF, as I said earlier, is the fees are generally fixed. Right. So you can go to a self-managed super fund specialist account and say, we're going to get this amount of money and we're going to charge you this. And... Without outside of a little bit of inflation, that can give you a lot of consistency and clarity around the costs. Personal super funds and industry fund charge an investment fee or an admin fee on the size of the fund's value. So there can be situations where larger balances are actually far cheaper in a self-managed super fund because you've got fixed admin, which is tax and audit, and you've got a wider range of investment options. So you can actually lower the internal cost ratio for a net saving compared to an industry fund with large balances. So I find that transparency and clarity around cost is fantastic and people really, really appreciate that. And it's all part of the broader consideration that you should come up with in relation to, is it right for me? And is it something that we can benefit from longer term? And let me understand more other than reaching out and saying, well, it's self-managed, I don't wanna manage it and I heard they're expensive. I think they're both fallacies that, that we can deploy or destroy today. So, Luke, uh, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, office number 62604749. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au on the internet. That's Envision with an E. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we've got all the shows. We've got YouTube Shorts. We've got The Strategy Stacker on the Tiki Tocker. And all of these types of benefits in relation to an SMSF are in Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning, which is out in all good bookstores. 
Booktopia and Amazon. Sensational. How's that been going? You released it uh, back in March. It's uh, apparently been flying off the yeah, shelves. Yeah, look, it's yeah. The, the last lot of numbers we got were, were really, really positive, and the the publisher is very pleased about how it's gone. And it's it's you know it's been an enjoyable experience. So we'll we'll keep that momentum going, and I, I really appreciate the support that people have given it throughout the bookstores. Fantastic, Luke. Thanks very much. We'll catch you next Friday. See you next week. Luke Smith from Envision Financial back with us in the studio once again at the same time, same time next Friday afternoon. To talk more financial matters, news is next.